Hi, and welcome to the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. I'm Reverend Jacob Hero Shaw, Senior Pastor of MCC Tampa. In this podcast, you'll hear the readings and sermon from this week's service. If you'd like to view the entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. The link to that can be found in the program notes. Thanks. The Magi had a dream. They dreamed of a Messiah. They dreamed of just rulers. They dreamed of a new day for all people. The Magi had a dream, and this dream led them to action. They journeyed to unknown places. They followed a star. They walked for days to get to Jesus. So may we be like the Magi. May our dreams inspire action. May we worship the one true God. Amen. Good morning, I'm Brian Parker, and today's first scripture reading is from the book of Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the sovereign has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people, but the sovereign will rise upon you, and God's glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and nobility to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around, for they all get gathered together, they come to you. Your son shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant, your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels from Midian and Ephah and all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the sovereign. Amen. Good morning. My name is Jenny Walker and today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. And in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is so written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them off to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may 
go and pay homage to him. And when they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at his rising. Until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So ends the reading. Will you pray with me, please? Loving God, we are those who dream. God, open our hearts to your words. Amen. In 1610, Galileo pointed his telescope up at the sky, and he spotted what would we would later learn are the four moons of Jupiter. And a little later that year, also in 1610, he discovered some strange oval around Saturn, which we would later learn are the rings of Saturn. He saw these things, and he realized that our solar system is far more expansive, more complicated than anyone knew before. And this was, of course, an epiphany to him. And then it was 13 years later, in 1623, that Jupiter and Saturn started looking like they were getting a little cozy. They started getting closer to each other and could be seen up there in the night sky. Night by night, they looked like they were getting closer and closer together until it appeared that they lined up in what is known as the Great Conjunction. Now, these two planets regularly pass each other in the solar system and about every 20 years. But you can't always see it happening. And 2020 was one of these years that this thing, this great conjunction, could be seen. And this time it was a little bit different than the other times. According to the NASA website, it's been about 400 years since Saturn and Jupiter passed this close to each other. They regularly pass each other, but not so much this close. So it's been 400 years since it was that close, and nearly 800 years since it happened at night, allowing us with the naked eye to witness this event. And this year, just a couple weeks ago, it happened on the winter solstice, which is the longest night of the year. And now to us, of course, these dots in the sky, these planets look like stars. So I don't know if you saw it, but they were getting closer and closer until it's one bright light in the sky. It's an amazing thing to see, and it's an amazing thing to see knowing that we probably won't ever get to see it again. Is this what the Magi saw? Was it the Great Conjunction? Was it Saturn and Jupiter getting close together? 
Some scholars say yes, that that's what they were seeing. Others say no, it's not. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in the Gospel of Matthew. In this account, wise men arrive in Jerusalem, and they say to Herod, the king of Judea, Where is the child who was born king of the Jews? For we observed his star and its rising and have come to pay him homage. And the star leads them to Bethlehem and stops over the house where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were. So many scholars say that this was some kind of astronomical phenomenon, that this was some kind of phenomenon of the stars and the planetary systems, like what we saw this year on the winter solstice. Others say it was a comet. It's hard to know exactly what the night sky looked like at the time of Jesus' birth. There are many details we don't know about the night that Jesus was born. We don't know even the exact location. We know what scripture says. We know uh, a rough estimate of the year, but scholars say that some of these details might not be historically the way that we understand it in our faith. Give or take six years in terms of the date. So what are we to make of all of this? Matthew's story of the star relies on traditional accounts about what the meaning of the star is. So it doesn't matter if it was a comet or planets or a star or something else, something completely otherworldly or supernatural. It doesn't matter to the story. For Matthew, we call it a star. Matthew calls it a star because this symbolizes royalty. This symbolizes that a new ruler was born. The rising of the star symbolizes the coming to power of something new, something life-changing. So whether two planets aligned or, or a comet or any of that, these phenomena and the science behind them matter much less than the message of the story. And the star is foreshadowing what Matthew's gospel is going to show us, that Jesus comes as a ruler, a leader, a life changer, a ruler like none they have ever seen or experienced before. Jesus will transform us. And this phenomenon in the sky, this thing that inspires the wise men, the magi, to walk and walk and walk and keep going until they find him, this in itself is a miracle. And before Jesus can do all of the things that this is foreshadowing, first, Jesus has to survive. Jesus has to persevere. Jesus and his caretakers, Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents, also need to survive to ensure that Jesus survives. So this brings us back to the Magi. They arrive in Jerusalem. They ask Herod about this child. And Herod feels super stressed about this child. He doesn't like it at all. So they go to find Jesus because they have been led to bring gifts. And then they don't go back to Herod. 
having been warned in a dream not to. And the gifts, again, we've got more of this foreshadowing of what is to come. We all know what the gifts are. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, in tradition, speaks of royalty. Frankincense, of the priestly understanding of Jesus, and myrrh, projects death. It is talking about the death of, the, of a prophet as Jesus will suffer. Now, these are things that tradition have, has read into the story after the fact. We don't know that this is the reason why they brought these things. It sounds great theologically. It really does. But it might not have historical merit. And again, does that take away from the miracle? Let's think about these gifts. Mary had survived birthing Jesus. That survival in and of itself was a miracle. Even today, with our incredible medical technologies, women die in childbirth, even now. And at this time, in this location, it was a miracle that she survived. Frankincense and myrrh were medicinal. The Magi brought her things that she needed, for her body, for her health. And what happens soon after? Jesus and his family become refugees, fleeing danger. Don't we think that the gold helped their survival? These are not just symbolic gifts. These are the things that help them survive so that all of what comes next can come to be. These theological ideas and historical notions are not at odds with each other. Nothing in looking at the historicity, the history of the text, takes away from our faith. Jesus and his parents persevered. And we, as followers of Christ, persevere in our faith. We are those who dream. We dream our way through the exhaustion that we feel in our lives. We dream our way through those times that we are weary and exhausted. We dream our way into believing in a better world. This year, we dreamt our way through Advent, through Christmas, and here we are at Epiphany. We're dreaming our way into perseverance. We dream this story and we believe this story, not because of where the stars or the planets were. We believe this because our dreams are the basis of what we know, and they are based in the reality of this event. So what is it that we believe on Epiphany? What realizations is God calling into our lives so we can have epiphanies of our own inside of our spirits? We believe that a teenage girl brought hope into this world. We dream of a better world, and we believe that there will be a time that all who are oppressed and harmed are given God's love and grace in a way that is fulfilling to all of us. We believe that Jesus was a refugee. We believe that, that 
Jesus' life continues to have meaning to us today. We believe that Jesus would grow up to feed the hungry, to heal the sick. We believe that Jesus lifted up the poor, and we know that we are called to do these things. We dream of this child. The hope that exists in this season after Christmas. A God who blesses us. A God who gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances every time we mess up. God who tells us to keep going, to hold on. We who dream are those who persevere. We dream because we know that we can do this. We can make these dreams a reality. We know that we are stronger and braver than we had ever realized before. Here we are in a new year with new possibility. We have been through things in the past year that we could not have imagined. Things that were incredibly hard. And things are not easier yet. The numbers look terrible right now, but we are people who dream. We are people who trust in God. We are stronger and braver than we knew. Family, life is hard. And we can do hard things. We can do this. This year will be struggle, and this year will bring us joy that we have never known before. Let's continue dreaming, even after Christmas, even after the season of Epiphany. Let's hold on to that dream because we will persevere through this time, and we will still have each other sharing in God's love with this world. Amen. As we dream our way into this new year, let's remember to wear our masks, wash our hands, keep the distance we need to keep so that we can be back here together as a family soon. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. If you'd like to view our entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. Today's program was edited, directed, and produced by my wonderful husband, Alan Hiroshaw.